I'm Corey Shapiro. In this podcast, we discuss divorce news. We answer listener questions. I sometimes provide my observations about relationships. I've been a family lawyer for a while. I have a lot to say. In divorce news this week, I'm thinking about crypto. I saw this New York Times article a few days ago, divorcing couples fight over the kids, the house, and now the crypto. So what's this all about? What is crypto? Well, in the article, there's a quote by my fellow New York City divorce attorney, Jacqueline Newman, a little shout out to her. She says, originally, it was under the mattress, and then it was the bank account and the Caymans, and now it's crypto. So what's going on here? Well, the interesting thing about crypto is three things. One, hard to track. Two, easy to underreport. Three, very easy to hide compared to other assets, more traditional assets. Very hard to, for example, to hide your 401k. Very hard to hide your house, your apartment. People do, but harder. Here, much easier. It's almost, in a sense, making people work on an honor code where we are now. Some sort of like the Wild West. And in that article, they talk about a divorce case where a husband, a tech executive, he bought a thousand bitcoins. In 2013, a thousand. So it's, you know, that's a good number, but you wouldn't think what I'm going to tell you was only, it was $150,000. That's a nice investment. That's not like just play money, not just a thousand dollars on Peloton because you heard a little bit about it in the news. No, that's a $150,000 investment. But a few years later, 2017, that investment was now worth $21 million, right? Wow. Now, I'm not sure if everyone is aware of how you keep this asset, but generally it's done by a digital wallet. You know, we have our wallet, we keep our cash in there, we keep our ATM card. Well, for some people who have certain bank accounts, such as a business account, we have these tokens we have to do and sort of like that. It's like your digital wallet, you get this public key and you get a private key, which is your password to your cryptocurrency, to your Bitcoin or whatever you are buying. And it's really easy to just give that digital wallet to someone else that you trust during the divorce or not disclose it because it's like a bearer bond. Think about in the old days. Maybe you had cash, right? Keep it in a safe. You don't report it during the divorce. You hope for the best. You spent it. You give it to family, friends. And at the end of the day, it's very hard for the other spouse to prove the cash. There are ways, but it's difficult. Same thing here. Now, there are these exchanges which make it easy for people who are not trying to underreport and hide to buy Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies, such as Coinbase. And that's easy for an attorney to subpoena and get information. But there's other ways to buy it that, let's say, keeps the privacy. And that's what we're concerned about. So if you have one of those cases where, you know, maybe it's just 500, 1,000 purchases of Bitcoin or some type of cryptocurrency, take a look at it. It's public knowledge what the value of the Bitcoin is. So once you find out how much you have, you can Google and you can learn what it's worth. So that's not the issue, but the issue is actually getting it. And if you're going to have problems, this is going to become a specialized area, just like everything else. And you're going to have to hire an expert. So your attorney is probably going to hire an expert to really go on the hunt. Hopefully, though, if you can see a, a Coinbase purchase, which is what most people will do, then it's not going to be so difficult. But if you have, for example, you don't have, let's say you can't find the digital wallet, 
the other side says they have none, but you really think it, maybe you can get some text messages to show the judge that they bragged about it. People usually talk and that might be all you have evidence wise to show. And just a clarification, I'm not exactly sure this is still new law, but if you could prove to the court, even though the other side's denying it, that there is crypto, but you don't know the amount, what the court can do is award more marital assets that are known to you to take into account this potential fraud if you have enough proof. So interesting reading, and this law is going to be developed over the next few years. All right, moving to our question of the episode, MK asks, my ex who I share custody with my child is harassing my friends. She's messaging them on Instagram, insulting them, sending them screenshots from our Family Wizard conversations. Our Family Wizard is one of those co-parenting apps we talked about and asking them for information about me. What can I do about it? Well, MK, you know, I hate when people invade privacy. I hate these damaging messages. Just keep your business to yourself, especially where you have children. So there's a lot of pain there and I, and I feel for you. The first suggestion I would think about is what I'm going to call a self-help method. And that's the block method. Maybe your friends, assuming they side with you, would block this person from Instagram because they're going out of control. Just for a time being, it doesn't have to be a permanent block, maybe a 30-day block, maybe a 90-day block. That would be my first hope. But if that's not going to work, or the friends are going to more align with your ex, then you're going to have to go to the ask method and just confront her in a very civilized email that's probably going to be used as an exhibit if it goes to the third step. So I want you to really spend time on it. I want you to review it and make sure it's civil, it's specific, professional, and with a time limit to cease and desist these types of damaging posts. And if that doesn't work, well, now we're in the court method and you're going to have to hire an attorney. But just to give you a little information about what you're going to see, your attorney is going to talk to you about this new term probably for you called an injunction where you're going to ask the court to have her immediately cease these types of damaging social media posts, maybe to remove some of those conversations if allowed. The issue usually is, is the injunction overbroad? Your ex is going to claim they want to be on social media. You're controlling them. But if you can show proof of the damaging posts and you can limit the injunction to that specific issue, I do feel a court may take that seriously. So I I wish you good luck, MK, on that issue. All right. I want to do a little announcements. We have a lot of our information we provide in addition to this podcast is on gettingdivorced.org. You can go on there. You can submit email feedback for the show. You can ask a voice question. If you want to learn the fundamentals of what I'm talking about, getting divorced without losing your mind, you can check out our free video series, which gives you the highlights of my ebook, Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind. And if you're more into an interactive one-hour workshop, you can sign up for that as well. It would be live and you can ask questions for me during that period of time. All right, before you go, I want to give my listeners appreciation. If you are going through a difficult divorce, and I know how hard it is, I see it in my client all the time talking to me how difficult things are. I want to tell you you can do it. 
I've been through this now for 20 years and I've been through this marathon. In the beginning, it is overwhelming and it's hard and it's draining. Drains your budget, your time, your energy. But I want to tell you, little by little, if you focus on your long-term divorce goals, if you're able to act with that in mind and not be reactive, not do something that's going to upset the court, make the court not want to help you, not want to give you equity or an equitable result, then you have the best shot you can to get your divorce goals met. All right, until next time, this is Corey Shapiro. Don't lose your mind. 